Hello? Welcome. This is Flames of the Two Cities. Oh, I'm so excited. Hello, and welcome back to Tales of Two Cities podcast and our Halloween marathon of minis. In this episode, we'll be heading to Florida for the story of Eileen Warnos. So sit back and relax, if you can, and enjoy this tale of death and darkness. Eileen Carol Pittman was born on February 29, 1956, to a 16-year-old Diane Warnos in Troy, Michigan. Her mother, Diane, was just 14 when she married Eileen's father, Leo Dale Pittman. Less than two years later, two months before Eileen was born, Diane filed for divorce. Diane was then a mother of two at just 16. Eileen had never met her father, as he was incarcerated at the time of her birth. Leo had been diagnosed with schizophrenia and was later convicted of sex crimes against children. He committed suicide, hanging himself in prison on January 30, 1969. Though Eileen's relationship with her mother was not much better. When she was almost four years old, Diane left her children with her parents, Lori and Britta Wuornos. On March 18, 1960, they legally adopted Eileen and her brother. Needless to say, Eileen had a troubled childhood. By the age of 11, she was engaging in sex acts at school for cigarettes, drugs, and food. She was also engaging in sexual activities with her brother. Later, Eileen revealed that her grandfather sexually assaulted and beat her when she was a child. She described in great detail how her grandfather would force her to strip before beating her. By 14, Eileen had become pregnant after having been raped by an accomplice of her grandfather. She gave birth to a boy at a home for unwed mothers on March 23, 1971, and the child was put up for adoption. Soon, her grandmother died and she dropped out of school. At 15, Her grandfather threw her out of the house, and she became a prostitute. She was living out in the woods near her old home. On May 27, 1974, 18-year-old Eileen was arrested in Jefferson County, Colorado for driving under the influence, disorderly conduct, and firing a 22 caliber pistol from a moving vehicle. Two years later, Eileen hitchhiked to Florida, where she met 69-year-old Yacht Club president named Louis Gratz Fell. They married that same year. Eileen seemingly couldn't keep herself out of trouble. She continued to get into fights at the local bar and went to jail for assault. In a bout of rage, she hit Fell with his own cane, and he got a restraining order against her. She returned to Michigan when she was arrested for throwing a cue ball at a bartender's head. Her brother Keith died of cancer, and Eileen received $10,000 from his life insurance. With her money and their conflict, Fell and Eileen annulled their nine-week marriage. Eileen fell on hard times and had many run-ins with the law. On May 20th, 1981, she was arrested in Edgewater, Florida for armed robbery at a convenience store. She had stolen $35 and a pack of cigarettes. She was sentenced to prison and held for over a year. Within a year, she was arrested again. 
this time for attempting to pass a forged check at a bank in Key West. On November 30th, 1985, she was arrested in Miami for car theft, resisting arrest, and obstruction of justice. They found a 38 caliber revolver and ammunition in the stolen car. In 1986, she met Tyria Moore, a hotel maid at a Daytona Beach gay bar. They moved in together, and Eileen supported the couple with her earnings as a sex worker. On 4th of July in 1987, Daytona Beach police detained Eileen and Tyria at a bar for questioning after they had been accused in an incident of assault involving a beer bottle. Eileen's childhood had been so rough that, paired with her early entrance to prostitution as a profession, caused irrevocable damage. Those traumatic experiences had a clear effect and likely played a part in her psychological state. She is said to have suffered from borderline personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder. Using the psychopathy checklist, Eileen was found to have psychopathic personality. Her mother's departure, her grandmother's avoidance of the abuse of her grandfather, plus her strained relationship with her brother, was confusing and torturous. This was made worse as Eileen believed, until she was 11, that her grandparents were her parents. Finding out the truth was disastrous to her. She had extreme behavioral issues, an explosive temper, and a limited ability to make friends. She was isolated. On November 30th, 1989, Eileen killed convicted rapist Richard Mallory. She claims it was self-defense. His body was found nearly two weeks after she had shot him several times. She shot David Spears, a construction worker, six times. His naked body was found on a Florida State Road on June 1, 1990. Only a few days later, on June 6, Charles Karskinen, a part-time rodeo worker, was found dead. He was shot nine times. That same month, Peter Symes, a retired merchant seaman, left Jupiter, Florida for Arkansas. On 4th of July, his car was found in Orange Springs, Florida. Eileen and Tyria were seen abandoning the vehicle, and a palm print linked Eileen to the door directly, though his body was never found. On July 31st, Troy Burris, a sausage salesman, was reported missing. His body was found a few days later on August 4th, 1990, in a wooded area along State Road 19. He had been shot twice. On September 12th, Charles Humphreys, a retired U.S. Air Force major and a former chief of police, was found shot six times in the head and torso. On November 19, 1990, Gino Antonio, a trucker and security guard, was found nearly naked on a remote logging road in Dixie County. He had been shot four times. The string of murders happened fast, and that palm print left by Eileen paired with the descriptions witnesses provided, resulted in a media campaign to locate the two women. The police began finding some of the victim's belongings in local pawn shops and found fingerprints that matched those in the victim's cars. Because of Eileen's long criminal record, her prints were on file. On January 9, 1991, Eileen was arrested at a bar called The Last Resort. The woman Eileen loved, Tyria, was found in Scranton, Pennsylvania. She agreed to elicit a confession from Eileen in exchange for immunity from prosecution. She returned to Florida with the police and was put up in a motel. 
Under the guidance of the investigators, she called Eileen and pled for her to clear her name. Three days later, on January 16, 1991, Eileen confessed to the murders, though she claimed these men had tried to rape her and that she killed them in self-defense. One year later, on January 14, 1992, Eileen went on trial for the murder of Mallory. Normally, previous convictions are not admissible in criminal trials, but under Florida's Williams rule, the prosecution was allowed to introduce her criminal record to demonstrate her criminal patterns. Shortly after, on January 27, 1992, Eileen was convicted of Mallory's murder with the help of Moore's testimony. At her sentencing, psychiatrists testified that Eileen was mentally unstable. Four days later, she was sentenced to death. Only a few weeks later, on March 31, 1992, she pled no contest to the murders of Humphreys, Burris, and Spears, saying she wanted to, quote, get right with God. In her statement to the court, she explained, quote, I want to confess to you that Richard Mallory did violently rape me, as I've told you, but these others did not. They only began to start to. On May 15, 1992, she was given three more death sentences. The following month, she pled guilty to the murder of Karskadin and received her fifth death sentence in November of 1992. The defense made an effort to introduce evidence that Mallory had been committed to a facility for sex offenders after being tried for the intent to commit rape. In 1961, it was, quote, observed of Mr. Mallory that he possessed strong sociopathic trends. But the judge refused to allow this information to be admitted in court as evidence and denied Eileen's request for a retrial. In February of 1993, she pled guilty to the murder of Antonio and was sentenced to death for the sixth time. Because the body of Symes was never found, no charges were brought against her. She initially claimed that all seven men had raped her while she was working as a prostitute, but later she claimed self-defense in a robbery and said she wanted to leave no witnesses as to why she had committed the murder. She was inconsistent, but filmmaker Nick Broomfield explained that in an interview when Eileen believed the cameras were off, she told him that it had been self-defense, but having been on death row for 10 years, she wanted to die. She began to claim that it had not been in an effort to have her sentence carried out sooner. Eileen was incarcerated at Florida Department of Corrections Broward Correctional Institute and later transferred to Florida State Prison for execution. In 2001, she petitioned the Florida Supreme Court with an intention to dismiss her legal counsel and terminate all appeals. She wrote, quote, I killed those men, robbed them as cold as ice, and I'd do it again, too. There's no chance in keeping me alive or anything, because I'd kill again. I have hate crawling through my system. I'm so sick of hearing this she's crazy stuff. I've been evaluated so many times. I'm competent, sane, and I'm trying to tell the truth. I'm one who seriously hates human life and would kill again. Her attorneys argued that she was not mentally competent to make the request, but a panel of psychiatrists agree that she knew what she was doing. In the weeks leading to her execution, she was interviewed by Broomfield. In her final interview, she reiterated that her mind was tortured. Her final words on camera were, 
quote, thanks a lot, society, for railroading my ass. Broomfield later speculated, quote, I think this anger developed inside her, and she was working as a prostitute. I think she had a lot of awful encounters on the roads, and I think this anger just spilled out from inside her. And finally, it exploded into incredible violence. That was her way of surviving. I think Eileen really believed that she had killed in self-defense. I think someone who's deeply psychotic can't really tell the difference between something that is life-threatening and something that is a minor disagreement, that you could say something that she didn't agree with. She would get into a screaming black temper about it, and I think that's what had caused these things to happen. And at the same time, when she wasn't in those extreme moods, there was such an incredible humanity to her. She was executed on October 9th, 2002. She declined her last meal in favor of a cup of coffee. Her final words were, quote, Yes, I would just like to say I'm sailing with a rock, and I'll be back, like Independence Day, with Jesus, June 6th, like the big movie, big mothership and all, I'll be back, I'll be back. Up until her execution, Eileen still claimed to be in love with Tyria. Thanks for listening to this episode in our Halloween Marathon of Minis. There are more episodes coming, so stay tuned. In the meantime, we love hearing from you. So hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or email us at talesofthenumber2citiespodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on the listening platform of your choice. If you just can't wait, check out our Patreon for bonus content and other rad stuff. Plus, we have merch. Search for our shop at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com. Like I said, we've got more cold-blooded killers coming your way as our Halloween Marathon of Minis continues. Until next time.